You're listening to the Jesus Habit Podcast, where we're using scripture, science, and story to make your new nature in Christ second nature. Episode 134, where we talk about Lord of the Rings, blind spots, and keystone habits. Well, hello. Hello. Welcome. Welcome to the Jesus Habit Podcast. Thank you so much for taking time to tune in and listen. We're thrilled to have you. I'm thrilled to have you listening to the podcast. If you have questions and comments about anything I talk about here today, you can send an email to david at thejesushabit.com and would love to hear from you if I can help you in any way, shape, or form. But thanks for listening. Thanks for spreading the word. If you've got some friends you know who would like help with change and transformation, Feel free to, to pass this podcast along. Feel free, if you don't mind, to uh, give a review on iTunes or whatever podcasting platform you're listening to this on. All that helps. It really does make a big difference in, in getting the word out about the podcast. And thank you for those who are already doing. Thank you for listening. Thank you for all that you do. Our goal here is to is to help you know, help you change those things that, that have never never been you've never been able to change before. And I don't know about you, but but I've struggled a lot in my life to change things. <laughs> I, you know, I, I've, there are plenty of things that that I have struggled to to change in my life, and, and I've tried time and time again to to make these changes, and and yet for some reason uh, I stumble. And and that's part of what what drove me to want to research this idea of of how people change it was my own my own struggle i still i still struggle with you know with weight loss and wanting to be in better shape and so i'm still constantly working on those things i've lost some weight but i want to lose more weight and get in better and a better healthy condition but but we want to help you change i want to help you change and, and if there's anything i can do just get in touch with me i'd love to love to help you in any way that i can now Today, we're in this journey, right? A few weeks ago, we started this journey. At the beginning of the season, we talked about some foundational concepts and materials, some prep work that you have to do to really be able to change. And we talked about especially the three C's. Those are the big ones. Content, context, and community. What you need to know what surrounds you and who you need to have surrounding you. So, And those are back earlier. But we started this this process, this journey, this kind of hero's journey idea uh, two weeks ago. And and, and we, we kicked it off with that inciting incident that we created. Uh, and so you, you want to go back and listen to that a few episodes ago. If you haven't done that, you want to go back and listen to last week's episode where we talk about habit development and, and, and weakness goggles and, and the capture worksheet, you know, that I, that I explained there, the unseen enemy, our, our, you know, our story, uh, that was, uh, that was two weeks ago. Um, our story, the the fake news that we're telling ourselves about how we can't change, um, a lot a lot of information back there. So make sure you go back and listen to episode one thirty three. This is episode one thirty four. We talked about the error detection mechanism, your brain's autocorrect. So we're talking about your story, and science and scripture, and how all of these things play a role in our ability to change for the long term. Today we're going to use the same the same structure: story, scripture, and science. And we're going to look at that week three of this journey. Now, now, if you've read any stories, you know you know that that, that there's a, a hero, that's somebody that's on a journey, right? The protagonist 
is on this journey. And and as we said, in, in the story, this protagonist, this hero, started this journey as a result of the inciting incident, and they had to make a choice as a result of the inciting incident if they're going to just let it go or if they're going to defeat whatever it was that came up. And so we talked about how when, when, you're doing cha- when you're doing a change journey, sometimes you need to create that inciting incident. Sometimes it's forced on you. Like if you're trying to get healthy, sometimes the inciting incident is a health scare of some kind, right? But, but other times we need to create that, that so that we can kind of boost and jumpstart that, uh, that, that journey that we're on. So we've talked about all that, but we're on this journey and we said how, how the protagonist proceeds is, is basically trial and error. They, they, they try something that, that they think might get them towards their goal, towards the goal where they succeed and, and the, and the story is resolved. And oftentimes what'll happen through, through what, what we call the long middle of the story, which is from, from the inciting incident all the way until, you know, the, the, the really, uh, rising action that leads into the climactic moment. That's the long middle. But what happens in this long middle is, is the the hero, the protagonist, tries something, fails, tries something, fails. But but they're trying things and they're learning from it, right? They experiment by by trying something that they think will get them closer to their goal. They they fail and they learn from it, and and so then they try again, they try again, they try again, and eventually they start they start moving towards the goal. And what this does is, is it actually helps expose flaws in our thinking. Now, now the mission, the goal never changes, right? You know, the, the goal is never going to change. We're going to be talking about the Lord of the Rings. I'm not an expert on the Lord of the Rings, but I think I have a pretty good con, uh, concept of, of the story. So we're going to be thinking about, about the Lord of the Rings today. And, and, and the mission of the Lord of the Rings never changed, right? They were trying to get the ring where they were trying to to get the ring into the fires of Mount Doom. That was the mission. That was the mission that was driving their story. That that was what they were what, what was driving everything that they did. The problem was they'd never been there before and they'd never done this before. So as they went on this journey, they, they discovered paths that wouldn't get them there. They discovered skills that they needed to be able to get them there. They discovered weaknesses they had that would keep them from succeeding. On this journey, they discovered a lot of things that, that were keeping them back. And at the same time, these were issues that they overcame in order to reach the goal. Right. So, so the same thing is true in our story because we're all living the story. God wired us for story. This is how he designed us. So from our point of view, the way things are right now are fine. But we have to start asking ourselves, what are we not willing to see? What are we not willing to see? Right. Right. The protagonist of most stories has a pretty big blind side. There are things about themselves that have caused problems time and time again, but they just can't see it themselves for whatever reason. They're blind to it. It's a blind side. So not only do we believe fake news about ourselves like we talked about last week, but we also have completely overlooked problems, dysfunctions and inefficiencies in our lives for years. We have problems, but we've overlooked them. We have dysfunctions, but we've overlooked them. We have inefficiencies in the way we do life, but we've overlooked them for, le- for years. And we're not really interested in changing until we're forced into a situation where we need to change. Sometimes that, that is the inciting incident that's forced on us, but sometimes we need to create that. Now, if you don't know what's broken, you can't fix it. 
if you don't know what keeps tripping you up, you're going to keep tripping, right? So we talked about triggers several weeks ago and, and how we all have things that trigger us to go into bad habits, whatever they may be. If we don't know what the trigger is, we're going to have a hard time stopping the habit because if we can't figure out the trigger, we can't you know, intervene before the routine starts to take over. So, so we've got to start looking and doing some investigative work into our own lives. We have to figure out where the problems are and we have to do some, uh, some, some good scientific research. Experimenting is good, right? We need to try, we need to experiment with things. We're going to talk about that in just a minute. But, but remember, it's not just experimenting and failing and quitting. But like we said last week, you have to, you have to read every week. You have to review what you did. You have to evaluate it. Did it work? Did it not work? How did it work? How did it not work? You have to adjust and you have to decide. Now, now you have to you have to also bring other components into this, right? We talked about your community, the community you need to have around you to support you in this process. Just like in the good story, you have a community, right? You've got a coach, you've got a sidekick, and you've got a squad. You've got a coach, a side a sidekick, and a squad, and they can see things about you that they that you can't see about yourself. Your coach has probably been there before. Depending on how experienced they are, they have probably been there multiple times with multiple people. They can help you, just like Gandalf helped helped Frodo and Samwise and 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 all of them get on their journey and succeed. Right? They had a coach. They had they had somebody that was wise, an old guy that could help them. At the same time, you need a sidekick, someone who's on the same journey and, and is, is equally committed to success like you. And that's, that's Sam Wise, like what he did with Frodo. He, he often saw things about, about Frodo that, that Frodo couldn't see about himself, and he could help expose those to Frodo so that they could succeed on this journey. And then you need your squad, right? You need your squad that's there to support and encourage you just like you're there to support and encourage them. And, and we have to, we, this has to be a reciprocal process, right? We're not just using them to get ourselves ahead, but they, they are also receiving from us. It's, it's reciprocity that's important. This is a journey we're on together. And a part of this, it comes, it requires us to be humble. We have to humble ourselves so that we can receive the feedback and the critique that we need to hear so that we can change. So that's kind of the story of this part, right? We're on this journey. We're experimenting. We're trying things. We're going to fail. We're going to make adjustments. We're going to have people around us who are going to help us see things that we can't see so that we can make the proper adjustments and together we can reach the end successfully. Now, I want to look at a, a few quick scriptures. I'm not going to dig real deep into these, but but there are scriptures that support the idea of blind spots. Matthew chapter 23, verses 1 through 4 Then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, the teachers of the law and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. So you must be careful to do everything they tell you. But do not do what they do, for they do not practice what they preach. They tie up heavy, cumbersome loads and put them on people's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to lift a finger to move them. And in fact, throughout the rest of Matthew chapter 23, Jesus gives woes to the Pharisees and the teachers of the law. And all of these woes are blind spots that they had, right? Jesus actually calls them blind guides, blind fools, blind men, and blind Pharisees. They're blind. And some of the examples of these, of these blind spots are, are they would tithe 
to to a minuscule thing like like a tithing a tenth of mint and dill and cumin, little you know their herb garden that was growing in their kitchen, they would tithe the tenth off of that. But they totally neglected justice, mercy, and faithfulness. So they had a huge blind spot, right? They were clean on the outside and dirty on the inside. They 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 had they, they had the appearance of righteousness, but inside they were evil, filthy, morally repugnant people. They were whitewashed tombs. They had they had blind spots, and Jesus was addressing those blind spots because he could see them. Another example is King David and the prophet Nathan in Second Samuel twelve, where this rich man, this rich man, uh, where uh, Nathan gives the example of a rich man who. Who, who was going to give a dinner and, and there was a poor man that, that had a sheep. And even though the rich man had plenty of livestock that he could have, he could have uh, cooked one of his own animals, this rich man goes and said and prepares the poor man's sheep who was like a family member. They kept this lamb in with the family. And David, uh, you know, when hearing this as the king, he says, as surely as the Lord lives, the man who did this must die. And then Nathan says, you are that man. It's a really dramatic moment. You are that man. David had this huge blind spot of this sin he had committed by stealing another man's wife and then having that man murdered. And he had a blind spot and he didn't see it. And then as a result of that, you know, uh, we get some scriptures where David talked about, you know, creating in him a clean heart, right? That's Psalm 51. Uh, and then another quick one is just Psalm 139, that's uh, 23 and 24, that says, Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. In other words, what Scripture is teaching us is that God sees things about us that we don't see about ourselves that need to change. And we want we want to be in line with God's word, both inside and outside. We, we don't want to be whitewashed tombs. We want to be people who have not only the intent, but the action to support the intent, right? So that's some scriptural support for this idea. Now I want to get into the science really quick as we as we approach the last uh, you know seven or eight minutes of this podcast. From the book, Change Anything by Joseph Grinney. Good book. Go pick it up. Read it. You would love it, I'm sure. He says, when it comes to creating lasting change, failure is the rule, not the exception. We've talked about this idea already. We think that when we try something and fail, that means we can't change that thing. But that's not true. We just haven't had the right approach to the failure. People who succeed at changing their lives for good have two things in common. He says this in the book. The two things the people who succeed at changing their lives have in common are they stumbled as much as they succeeded... And their change plan was homegrown. In other words, they they didn't just take someone else's success plan and try to implant it into their lives. They they stumbled as they tried things and and then they started to succeed and they changed their plan so that it would work for themselves. And he says, bit by bit, they studied themselves like specimens under a microscope until they had a plan perfectly suited for the one subject they cared most about themselves. So they study themselves, right? They, they study themselves. He says like specimens under a microscope. So, so if we are going to change something in our lives, we have to get used to, we have to develop the habit of, of examining ourselves, examining our failures, examining where we stumble and, and looking at the things that trip us up so that we can learn from them. He says, if you want to succeed, You'll have to do what successful changers do. You'll have to give up the hope of simply being the subject of some smart person's discovery. 
you'll have to be both a scientist and the subject. Wouldn't that be nice if you could just take someone else's plan, put it in your life, you know, live out the steps perfectly and, and then call it good and you've changed forever. Wouldn't that be nice if you didn't have to do the work? The problem is every single human being, because God is so amazing in his creation of human beings, every single human being is unique. We have we have unique strengths and abilities. We have unique weaknesses. We have we have unique baggage. We also have unique perspective. We have all kinds of uniqueness about us. So when it comes to change, we also have to be unique. We have to. We can learn from others. We can learn. We need to. We need to learn what we don't know. But but at the same time, we're going to have to be scientists about our lives to change. So quick reminder on this scientific process. It starts with a question, right? The scientific process starts with a question. What do I need to learn? What do I need to change? What has worked and what hasn't worked? What do I need to change? What do I need to learn? What, what has worked and what hasn't worked? And then we go to the next step, which is research. We have to start researching ideas and gathering information. We have to, we have to go out there and look and see what we can figure out because, because we don't know. We're on this journey towards a destination that we've never been on before. So we're going to have to do some trial and error and some experimentation, right? So we have to research. We have to see what other people did and, and gather information. And then we put together a, a hypothesis. We, we put the best parts of our research into a plan that we're going to try, and that's the next step, experiment. We try it out. We, we put this plan together, and then we just try it. We try it, and then we observe. We see what worked and what didn't work. What can I do differently next? We can remember, read. We, we review what we did. We evaluate it. We, we adjust our plan, and then we determine we're going to try again next week, right? We, we, we make observations, and then we do it again. Lather, rinse, repeat. Lather, rinse, repeat. I also want to point out one quick thing that, that's mentioned in the book, The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg. This is something that I call the begetting principle. The begetting principle, it's a term I came up with, as far as I know. It's, it comes out of the Bible, you know, in the old you know, King James Version, it was in the genealogies that no one ever reads. Uh, it would say, so-and-so begat so-and-so. So-and-so begat so-and-so. So-and-so begat so-and-so. You know, just, uh, and this, this idea that, that like father, like son, you know, Noah begat uh, what, Ham uh, and Japheth and Shem, or, you know, something like, I think those are the, the, his son's name. I think that Noah's sons, Ham, Ham, Shem, and Japheth. I'm pretty sure. Go look it up. Send me a message if I'm wrong. Right, but but his sons were like him, and so on and so forth, because they begat, you know. And so, it's what I call the begetting principle: like begets like, like begets like. Now, I've seen this in my own life. When I add just a little bit of discipline in any area of my life, it begets discipline in other areas of my life. So, if, if I add just a little bit of discipline, like 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 a daily Bible reading to my life, that that in inevitably creates more discipline in other parts of my life, right? It, 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 it builds momentum in my life that, that is really inexplicable. The begetting principle, like begets like. Progress encourages progress. If, if you're moving things forward, it encourages more progress in the rest of your life. The desire for efficiency is a better motivator than the fear of falling short of your goal. So, so when we're, when we're looking at this mission that we're on and this goal that we're on, we, we want to be most concerned about progress and efficiency as opposed to not, not, not measuring up to our goal, right? 
We want to look at what we're doing, how what we're doing is getting us closer to what we're trying to achieve, and and, and we want to stop and, and evaluate it and say, um, okay, that, that worked pretty good, but it, it was it didn't work well. How can I make changes to make it work better? Right? It's it's better, it's it's more motivating to become more efficient at moving towards your goal than it is to say that you fell short of that goal. Right? It's this is just a principle in life. It's more fun to gain stuff than it is to lose it. You know that, that's why efficiency is a better motivator. As as you're working to become efficient, you're adding new little you know bits and pieces and tweaks into your system. But if if your focus is on falling short of your goal, if your goal and you're just not hitting it, then you've lost something. That's not a great motivator. So so efficiency and becoming better at moving towards the target is a much better motivator. Now, Duhigg, in the book Power of Habit, uh, he, he mentions what he calls keystone habits. It's basically the begetting principle, like I said. And, and, and here are some examples that, that if you do these things, then they, they add other things to your life. He, he, he says family dinners. Families who habitually eat dinner together seem to raise children with better homework skills, higher grades, greater emotional control, and more confidence. So, so the, the keystone habit of eating dinner together produces other things, right? It's the begetting principle. It produces more in their lives, making your bed every morning. You know, bed makers are also more likely to like their jobs, own a home, exercise regularly, and feel well-rested. So the simple habit of, uh, of making your bed every morning can actually beget other things in your life. Exercise triggers people to start eating together. Tracking what you eat helps you to eat healthier. Developing daily routines can help you in a lot of other ways, like a bedtime routine. Meditation reduces blood pressure, stronger immune system, increased memory and awareness, reduced stress and anxiety, increased goal setting, right? So the act of meditation in and of itself, you know, it's good and it's good for you, but it produces a lot of other things in your life. That's the begetting principle. Like begets light. It produces more in your life. Same thing with willpower. If you, if you work on, on willpower, then you can, then you can actually increase other areas of life with, with willpower. So, so that's the, that's kind of the science of it. So again, you're, this is a story. We're on this journey. We're experimenting. We're trying new things. We have this mission that we're trying to, to accomplish, but we've never been there before. We've never been to Mount Doom before, and we have to figure out how to get there. So we have to try some things, learn from them, make adjustments, try again. I have to try that thing and then make adjustments and try again, right? We have to go through this process. And in this process, we're going to discover blind spots, things that we cannot see about ourselves. And, and we're going to need our coach, our sidekick, and our squad to help us see these things. We're going to have to become scientists that, that observe ourselves, right? We have to become scientists that, that are really good at, at learning what works and doesn't work. We have to study ourselves so that we can figure out how we fail and what we learn from that failure. And then we make this custom plan, a custom plan that's designed around who we are and our personality and a lot of stuff we'll get into in future weeks. But but other things that, that come into play about how God made us, how God wired us, God designed us. And and those things we'll have to take into account. But but we have to start we have to start observing ourselves and learning from our mistakes. You made a mistake. You failed. That's actually good. In this system, that's actually a good thing. If you make a mistake, and as long as this mistake leads you to learn something and discover something about yourself, that's actually a good thing. That means that you're going to get another step closer to your goal the next time, 
right? That, that mistake actually starts to reveal some of your blind spots. That, that mistake starts to show you some of the things in your life that, that you weren't aware of. And, and, and we'll stop being like those Pharisees who just who have these gaping, huge blind spots in our lives. And we'll start to see some of the problems. We'll start to see some of the things that are keeping us back. And we won't fall into the trap of being someone like David who, who can't see you know, just how, how decrepit he is when he's murdered somebody and stolen his wife and, and gotten her pregnant, right? So this, this is, this is you, we, we make mistakes, we learn from them, we research them, we study them, and we make changes for our pursuit the next time. The key is we have to just keep going, right? This is the hero's journey. The hero never gives up. It looks like they're going to give up. We'll get to that way down, way down the road here and several weeks and talk about when we feel like quitting. But the hero, even, even though it looks like there's no hope and look like they're, they're going to quit, they, they find one more way. And usually that one more way becomes the way that they succeed. So we're not that far off, right? It feels like it, right now at the start of this journey, it feels like it's, it's, we're, we're a long ways off. But I promise you, you'll start building momentum. You'll start making some progress and things will start going your way. All right, so that is episode 134 of the Jesus Habit Podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing this with your friends. David at thejesushabit.com. That's my email address. If you'd like help, I've got some resources, worksheets, and things like that that can help you as you're on this process. And if, and if you just got questions, you know, if you've tried something that doesn't work, I'd love to help you. I don't have all the answers, but I have some answers, and I bet we can figure out a solution together because we can be scientists that solve the problem. Have a great week. www.thejesushabit.com